3: This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this week's episode, we're reviewing Happiest Season and The War with Grandpa, plus all the latest movie and trailer news.
1: Time to deck the halls. <laughs>
3: I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff.
1: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist.
3: And we love to talk all things movies. And first up is the Christmas family film, Happiest Season.
1: I cannot believe that we're ready to talk about Christmas films already.
3: I'm always ready to talk about Christmas (laughs) films. Uh, My husband and I put our tree up in November, like (laughs) mid-November. Do you have your tree up yet?
1: I do now, yes.
3: Well, it is December, so that's socially acceptable. (laughs)
1: So Happiest Season is a holiday rom-com about the range of emotions tied to wanting your family's acceptance, being true to yourself and trying not to ruin Christmas in the process.
3: <laughs> yeah, very important. It stars Christian Stewart as Abby who plans to propose to her girlfriend Harper played by Mackenzie Davis at Christmas dinner until she finds out Harper hasn't actually told her parents that she's gay. Plot twist. Plot twist indeed.
1: This movie is co-written by actresses Clee Duval. and it's her second feature, Mm. and Mary Holland, who plays the hilarious third sister Jane in this movie. So
3: funny. I can't wait to talk about Jane a little later.
1: Yep, and it's directed by Duval.
3: So, I don't know about you, I just really love Christmas films. There's just something about the backdrop of Christmas that when you're putting people, families, in this heightened moment of stress and anxiety, like Christmas, you know, drama Mm. ensues and comedy ensues, and I think this movie perfectly captures that, doesn't it?
1: It's such a simple story about, you know, a woman wanting to propose to her girlfriend and then having all these complications get thrown in the way because her father is actually running for mayor, Mm. which means she has to keep up appearances.
3: Yeah. The context is the family are all about perception versus reality, how people perceive them and they're all about, you know, the perfect nuclear family. And there's this ongoing really hilarious beat of the mother who wants to get that perfect family photo, Christmas yeah. family photo yeah. for the campaign trail. So, you know, it's it's all just kind of we need to look a certain way, behave a certain way because that's what people expect of us. And obviously therein lies the drama and the conflict.
1: So this film is billed as a gay holiday romance. I mm. put that in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's fair to the film? I mean, in terms of whether it's a gay holiday film or not, it was a good quality holiday movie on its own, taking out all those labels.
3: Yeah. Take away the labels. I think that's important with this film, Lee. What it offers is visibility on a lesbian relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It just happens to be a holiday film, a family Christmas movie that just happens to be about two lesbians in their Mm -hmm. story. There's all, all the tropes of a... Christmas film in there. It's just not a heterosexual-focused narrative.
1: Speaking of tropes, I want to ask your opinion about something. Mm -hmm. I don't have authority to speak on this, but there's a question of whether coming-out stories have been overly done. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're quite traumatic for a lot of people, the coming-out stories. And holiday movies are an escape. So does that remove the escapism, the fact that she's being forced back into the closet?
3: Look, there is nothing wrong with escapist films, and I think that for me personally, this film was escapist because I just have this love of Christmas films in mm. general. But as, uh, as someone who, who is gay, myself, I really related to this movie. So I guess I have a authority to talk about this in some way. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do have something to say, you know, this does highlight that everyone has their own coming out story and circumstance and, you know, mm. the anxiety that comes uh, with that. And sometimes you hurt people along the way and it gets messy. But this film really provides a way of understanding that we are all human, right? We make mistakes, but that healing and growth is a really powerful thing mm-hmm. and doing it together holds a lot of that power and change for good. So maybe some people might think, oh, I just want to escape into a Christmas movie. But this film for a lot of people who who identify themselves as LGBTQA mm. plus this is an important film for them because it just feels really normal. It follows the story of two lesbians. It just happens to be at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot to relate to there. One
1: thing I found a bit less enjoyable was that Harper was so repeatedly cruel to Abby when Abby Mm. had such incredible, easy chemistry with Aubrey Plaza's character who guest starred in this film. I couldn't take my eyes off them.
3: They were so good together. Yeah. Kristen Stewart was fantastic. I think her genuine connection to Harper was really beautiful. Mm. But then you just said Harper kind of grind, grinded your gears a little bit.
1: A little bit, yeah. I did love the height difference between them, though, between <laughs> Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. That felt realistic and cute. Like, they didn't try and match them up in yeah. looks and height and all that kind of thing. Yeah, Talking about performances, mm. Kristen Stewart tends to play happy awkwardly like she's a little bit awkward yeah but she's really grown as an actress and when she had something meaty to play with she was fantastic in this she really delivered
3: she she offered a lot of compassion didn't she yeah i'm a little bit obsessed with kristen stewart at the moment Mm -hmm. we have reviewed charlie's angels a little while ago And and underwater underwater was a fantastic film kristen stewart was utterly surprising charlie's angels was if you listen back to the review, I was not very favourable, but I just she was so good in it. Yeah. And this is another film where she's offering this real authenticity and beautiful like layers to her performance um, that I that I really loved.
1: The scene stillers in this movie were mm. Mary Holland, who is the co-writer we mentioned as okay. Jane, and Aubrey Plaza for very different reasons. Jane was the heart and soul and optimism and fun in this film. And then Aubrey Plaza was just chemistry incarnate just charisma I couldn't take my eyes off her she
3: was so cool yeah like I just I (laughs) wanted to be her friend and the way that she approached Abby played by Kristen Stewart was just so real and genuine and authentic so relaxed so relaxed she was there to listen she understood because she's part of this world that the character of Abby wasn't and you know she thought she had this relationship and this this life with her girlfriend Harper but then when she's thrown into this whole other world of perception versus reality it was very foreign and and pretty terrifying for her wasn't it Mm. Mm.
1: there's a lot of different relationships addressed in this film from you know the competitive sisters to obviously the romantic leads and then parents approval and all that Mm. kind of thing it's there was a lot going on
3: there was a lot going on and i lapped it all up the only thing that felt just a little bit it kind of fell into the cliche a bit too much was that third act kind of where everything came to a head yeah as funny as it was I just thought it went a little bit too far what did you think about that yeah it got
1: got a bit silly but it was funny
3: it got a bit silly but it was kind of you could see it coming right yeah Yeah, you just had to go with it
1: do you know one thing we haven't mentioned Mm -hmm. I just absolutely have to yes is that I could watch Dan Levy read a grocery list right now
3: (laughs) how good is he isn't he fantastic to watch just his physicality is just Utterly captivating, he's just so unhinged but level-headed at the yes. same time. But then
1: also, when he needs to bring it back down and be really authentic and emotional, it delivers straight home to you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
3: I think that his character in particular highlighted what a friendship should look like. yeah, in that there was honesty and humour, support and like tangible, unfiltered advice. like he he just talked to Abby, yeah, like just straight down the line. And but he- when
1: she needed him, he was there.
3: Oh, 100%. Their friendship was so great to watch. Mm. And, you know, he kind of highlighted something that I mentioned before about everyone has their own story, their own coming out story. Even though it was quite simple, it was just so beautifully communicated at that moment in the movie. You know, it was just really, really beautiful to watch.
1: The scenes between Kristen Stewart and Dan Levy were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Are we ready to rate Happiest Season?
3: Yes, I think so. As I. Opened with, I just love Christmas movies, and for me, as a gay person, it was—it's really refreshing and nice, and a nice hug that you had representation on the screen in a genre that we just get pummeled with every Mm. every year. Which I don't complain about. I love a corny Christmas movie, and this one wasn't a corny Christmas movie. It wasn't those telly movies. It just had a lot of heart and soul, genuine connection characters that were so beautifully written performed and realized and a story that I think that a lot of people can really relate to Mm. so I had a great time and I'm going to rate this three and a half popcorn kernels
1: I'm going to agree with you there it's a wonderful holiday movie and I think some of the elements in here in terms of the story are going to date it long term Mm. so it might not be a classic for all time but for now it's really fun so I'm giving it three and a half too
3: I love that well happiest season is in Australian cinemas now
1: Okay, let's move on to the war with Grandpa, which kicks off when Peter is thrilled that Grandpa is coming to live with his family. That is, until Grandpa moves into Peter's room, forcing him upstairs into the creepy attic. And though he loves his Grandpa, he wants his room back, so he has no choice but to declare war. (laughs) With the help of his friends, Peter devises an outrageous plan to make Grandpa surrender the room. But rather than give in, Grandpa plans to get even. Yeah. This could go wrong very quickly. And
3: Does it ever. Mm -hmm.
1: The movie is directed by Tim Hill, who also did SpongeBob SquarePants and Alvin and the Chipmunks. So, you know, this is his wheelhouse.
3: Yeah, you kind of know what you're in for with with those credits.
1: The screenplay is by Tom J. Assel, who did Get Smart, and Matt Ember, based on the book by Robert Kimmel Smith. This is based on a book. I found that surprising.
3: It doesn't really feel like it would play out well as a book. It just feels like a family comedy, slapstick comedy in the likes of Home Alone and and things like that.
1: The movie stars Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Rob Riggle, Oakes Fegley, Christopher Walken and Jane Seymour. Now, that's a who's who of uh, Hollywood A-listers. It
3: is. It is. I'll just lead because I'll just mention Christopher Walken once and then move on. Like, he was basically playing, like, a parody of himself. (laughs) It was just so... You know, I'm not going to do a Christopher Walken accent. I just don't want to embarrass myself. I just fucking love him. Did you enjoy the
1: story as a whole?
3: I think it was a good old family entertainment slapstick comedy. It was better than I was expecting, but that doesn't mean that I particularly loved it. It was watchable, but there were a few things that kind of... um, tipped me over the edge a little bit. It's all about this war, right? This Mm. war between grandson and grandfather. And the analogy of war, I felt weirdly, it was just so overused. And it was quite strange and detailed comparison at the end. Mm. Like the kid was talking about war in all this detailed way. And it's like, you've just been like throwing shit at your grandfather and playing pranks and stuff. And it went to this really seemingly Odd dark place Mm. comparing their relationship with actual war, and I felt like it was just very strange.
1: So, tonally, it sounds like it was all over the place.
3: Yeah, and I think the tone was impacted a lot by its pacing because where you would expect the tensions and the slapstick of the war between the grandson and the grandfather, it kept dipping in and out of that, which made It'd feel a little bit jarring and it was only like an hour and 40 minutes but it probably could have trimmed 10 minutes and kept the pace up a little bit but yeah the tone was serious at times just weird analogies with war but then it was very silly like you would expect this family sort of slapstick mm. thing and probably the silliest thing about this movie was the performance that Uma Thurman gave it was so <laughs> over the top as this highly strung mother and her arc as this highly strung mother of her daughter dating a guy in secret was really distracting and a little bit unnecessary. There was this moment where she attacked the boy. Like, she literally leapt and pinned him to the ground at this really strange moment, and the daughter was also really over the top. So they were on this weird same level, but no one was at that level. No one else was performing <laughs> at that level. And she was really cliched with annoying reactions, like stomping her feet. And, oh, I can't have a moment, Mom. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up. But other than that, it was, you know, quite sweet. And, you know, the performance from the <laughs> grandson... <laughs> Other than you wanted
1: them to shut up, it was quite sweet.
3: (laughs) It was quite sweet. You know, De Niro was really fun to watch. And I Mm. think with this movie, you really needed to suspend belief Mm. and just go with it. In particular, this party towards the end where, you know, that big climax moment where everything comes to a head and everything goes wrong, right, in these Mm. films. The party that they put on for their daughter was just ridiculous. Like it was just the whole backyard was Christmas themed and she loved Christmas. And they had jumping castle and all this beautiful decorations and all this deck out. Be like, is this family like (laughs) multi-millionaires? It was just ridiculous. Maybe I'm just jealous because I never had a party like that as a kid. So maybe maybe it was triggering for me.
1: Maybe Uma Thurman was so highly strung because she was on a budget.
3: (laughs) Yeah, she's like, we've blown the family budget this year.
1: So how many popcorn kernels would you give The War With Grandpa?
3: Like how I opened it up, even though I've kind of ripped it a little bit, (laughs) it was fun. It was disarming. And, you know, I was in a screening with families and kids and they were lapping up. They were laughing out loud and, Mm. and there were some really nice moments there. But for me personally, not the greatest film I've seen this year. So I'll rate it two popcorn kernels.
1: That's The War with Grandpa, which is in Australian cinemas now.
3: All right, Lee, before we sink our teeth into news, The Witches ticket giveaway competition has ended. So keep an eye out on socials to find out if you have won. We're really excited for you guys to go and see this film and hopefully you're one of the lucky double pass winners to go check it out.
1: All right, on to news. There will be no virtual Oscars in 2021. The Academy is very adamant about that. They're going to be taking place on April 25th, which is a whole two months later than normal. Mm. And it will be an in-person event, but no solid details yet on how it's going to come together.
3: You know, the Oscars is arguably, outside of Christmas, probably my favourite day of the year. <laughs> yeah, So it's great that it's hopefully, fingers crossed by the sounds of this, not just going to be one of those virtual award ceremonies that we've had to endure all of 2020. I mean pick your battles, beggars can't can't be choosers. (laughs) I just love the Oscars and hopefully they find the right balance to bring us, you know, the great telecast next year.
1: There's been some inspiring news this week too. Do you want to take us through this?
3: Yeah so Academy Award nominee Elliot Page has come out as trans. His pronouns are he and they and Hollywood have really thrown their support behind him. Everyone from Melissa Milano, James Gunn and Netflix and of course so to Popcorn Podcast. are really brave when public figures come out and share their story so authentically and genuinely so we wish him all the love and support.
1: Absolutely. And Elliot Page, of course, is the actor formerly known as Ellen Page, who starred in Inception, Juno, the Umbrella Academy. So we're really happy that he feels comfortable in being his true authentic self now. Love it. In sad news, Hugh K's Byrne, most known for appearing as a Morton Joe in Mad Max Fury Road and Toe Cutter in the original 1979 Mad Max film, has passed away peacefully at the age of 73.
3: Yeah, it's really sad news. Gee, mm. Mad Max Fury Road is a good movie.
1: Now, this is absolutely massive news. Warner Brothers will concurrently stream its full slate of 2021 films on HBO Max for one month when they premiere in US.
3: Yeah, so it'll be same day and date. You can go see this film in theatres, but then also if you have HBO Max, you can stream that film at the same time. This mm-hmm. is an incredible response to the distribution issues of big, massive tentpole films that have plagued mm. the film industry this year, isn't it? It's just, It's pretty brave. It's very bold.
1: It's brave and it's bold, but it's a mixed bag because... Mm. Even in Australia, when Netflix release some films in cinemas, Mm. there's a week or two lead time to give people the chance to go and see it in the cinemas first. Now, I know America is in a very different state to what we are in at the moment, but having the same day and date seems like a weird choice. Mm. Not ideal for exhibitors.
3: No, definitely not. But it's kind of finding that balance between supporting their cinema partners Mm. and then also protecting their business model and changing their business model so they can drive revenue against the books because none of that's happening right now. It
1: looks looks like they're finally accepting the state of the world and Mm. planning far enough ahead so we don't have to be kept in a holding pattern waiting Mm. for all these films that keep getting pushed back and pushed back. Like People want the content, but just give it a, a week Mm. You know, give them a chance to get that box office return,
3: yeah, no, I feel you there, I mean obviously, Lee and i we much prefer going to the cinema yes. to to experience content. But let's see what happens. Let's see what the results are.
1: And Warner Brothers films are the kind of films that need to be seen on the big screen. You've got Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, Space Jam, The Suicide Squad. Like, you want to be seeing these films on a big screen.
3: hundred percent. I mean, Dune is another one they're yes. going to release next year. The Matrix 4, which is huge. Have to
1: see that on a big screen.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, we will have that freedom and that choice. You know, as Lee and I just listed those films, they're extraordinary titles that are going to be part of this strategy now. So we'll, we'll watch this space and, and Sarnoff, the chairperson and CEO of Warner media studios and networks group. What a title. <laughs> <laughs> they have quoted been saying, no one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this with the reality that most theaters in the U S will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. And, They see this as like a a win-win for film lovers and exhibitors as well. Mm. Uh, And I guess they've they've found a negotiating strategy to make it work for everyone.
1: In terms of what that means for Australia, I think that we'll still see those films on the big screen because obviously our cinemas are open. Mm -hmm. And with the example of Wonder Woman, which is coming out on Boxing Day, we'll get that in cinemas on Boxing Day, whereas America will get it on HBO Max.
3: All right, Lee. Well, that was another... What did we say? Jam packed episode of Popcorn <laughs> Podcast. We reviewed the Christmas film Happiest Season and the family fun flick The War with Grandpa, which are both in cinemas now.
1: Make sure you go and check them out.
3: Thanks for listening, guys.
1: We'll catch you next time. Come and join us in the conversation on Facebook. Like our page at Popcorn Podcast AU and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about these movies.
2: Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered.